the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. You know, they can see the Assyrian army in the northern kingdom. They know the Assyrian army is coming their direction. And they didn't look to the Lord. They didn't look to the Lord for wisdom or direction. Instead, they came up with their own plan. And their plan was to go down to Egypt and pay the Egyptians uh, money to protect them uh, and to defend them against uh, the Assyrian army. In the message today, the Judites of the southern region of Israel devised their own plan to save themselves from the Assyrians, who were aggressively expanding their kingdom. Pastor Dan reminds us that this is the wrong choice and not pleasing to the Lord. When you are struggling and in a place of panic, when you don't know what to do and things seem bleak, turn to the Lord. His plans always succeed. Sometimes in our need to control things, we do the exact opposite of what the Lord wants. Don't panic. Turn to Him in your time of need. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 30 tonight, if you want to turn there in your Bible. Isaiah 30. We're also going to look at a couple passages in Deuteronomy, uh, also Leviticus, and 2 Timothy. Now, you all have done a really great job enduring these chapters in Isaiah Uh, You know, the book of Isaiah can be divided into two major divisions. The first 39 chapters have a lot of judgment in them. And then when we get to chapter 40, uh, the the tone changes. Uh, And the rest of the the book of Isaiah, from chapter 40 on to chapter 66, has a a, a lot easier passages to, to, uh, to take in. So... Uh, So we're almost there. You know, we only have nine chapters to go before we get to the end of the first half of Isaiah. You know, that's also why Isaiah is referred to as the Bible in miniature, because it's 66 chapters, the Bible 66 books. You know, the Old Testament is 39 books. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah have a lot of judgment in them. In the beginning with chapter 40, which corresponds with the beginning of the New Testament, you have the grace of God coming in. Well, just to give you the context of, of chapter 30, uh, remember Assyria. Assyria is the, the world superpower at this time. Uh, they are aggressively expanding their kingdom. Uh, all of the countries in that Middle East region are concerned about Assyria. Uh, Assyria invades the northern kingdom of Israel, and they conquer the northern ki- kingdom of Israel 
And the people in the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, you know, they, they, can, uh, they can stand on their rooftops and they can see the Assyrian army in the northern kingdom. And they can see the smoke of the cities of the northern kingdom burning. And so they're very, very fearful. They're very, very concerned about uh, the Assyrian army coming down into the southern kingdom uh, because they're that close. They can see them out on the horizon. Uh, and so they're concerned about the, the Assyrian army coming into the southern kingdom, uh, and they're panic-stricken. Uh, and verse 1 says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to their sin, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. The southern kingdom of Judah did not look to the Lord for wisdom. You know, they can see the Assyrian army in the northern kingdom. They know the Assyrian army is coming their direction. And they didn't look to the Lord. They didn't look to the Lord for wisdom or direction. Instead, they came up with their own plan. And their plan was to go down to Egypt and pay the Egyptians uh, money to protect them uh, and to defend them against uh, the Assyrian army. And I want to show you a, a couple verses in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 17. So Deuteronomy, this is before the children of Israel have come into the promised land. Uh, they're still in the wilderness, but they're about to come in, and the Lord is preparing them through Moses to enter into the promised land. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14, it says, When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and possess it, and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. One from among your brethren you shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. So when they come into the land, the Lord knows uh, that they're going to ask for a king like the nations around them. God was their king, and God wanted to be their king. God wanted their government to be a theocracy where the Lord ruled over them, and that the people lived according to God's law. But God knows that they're going to reject that, and they're going to ask for a king like all of the other nations, the, the pagan nations, uh, and, and the Lord will, will allow them to have a king. And so he says here, speaking of this king that they will have, in verse 16, but he shall not multiply horses, for himself, nor cause the people, look what it says, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. Neither shall your king multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. They formed political alliances through marriage. And so he's saying, don't let your king multiply wives, don't let your king make all of these alliances with other nations, with these pagan nations, because those pagan wives will turn the heart of the king 
away from the Lord and toward uh, the pagan gods. And that's exactly what happened in Israel. Uh, Again, in verse 17, Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself, because then he'll trust in the silver and gold, his riches. And so kings were not to go down to Egypt. They were not to go down to Egypt to multiply horses, because then they're going to trust in the strength of their horses, the strength of their military, instead of trusting in the Lord. They weren't to multiply wives, because those wives could turn their hearts away from the Lord. And they weren't to multiply silver and gold for themselves because then they'll trust in their silver and gold instead of the Lord. Verse 18, Also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests, the Levites, and it shall be with him and the king shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren so that he doesn't get prideful, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. And so the king The first thing the king was supposed to do when he became king was to sit down and write out the law of God in his own handwriting. To write it all out, word for word, in a book. And then he was to meditate on that book day and night. He was to meditate on the law of God day and night as he was king so that he would know what the Lord commands him to do as the king and he wouldn't turn to the right or to the left. He wouldn't get off track uh, and he wouldn't get prideful uh, or, or puffed up in any way. And so this is what the king was supposed to do. Uh, and we see here, um, if you go back to Isaiah 30, Judah has gone down to Egypt. They looked to Egypt to help them. You know, exactly what the Lord commanded them not to do, that's what they did. They went down to Egypt for help. And that's why in chapter 30, verse 1, the Lord ca- calls them rebellious children. They have rebelled against God's command in, De- in Deuteronomy chapter 17. Not to look to Egypt, not to return back to Egypt for help. They're rebellious. Now, Egypt in the Bible is a picture of, it's a type of the world. Uh, we were once in bondage to our sin. We were once slaves to our sins in the world. Just like the children of Israel were in bondage, they were slaves in Egypt. And God delivered the children of Israel out of their slavery, and God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, and He brought them out of Egypt, and He told them, don't ever go back there again. Don't ever go back to Egypt again for any reason. And we, in the same way, we were slaves to sin We were in bondage to our sin. Uh, In Colossians, it says that we were without God in the world and without hope, all of us, before Christ came into our life. And just as God sent Moses into Egypt to lead the children of Israel out of their slavery and out of Egypt into the promised land, 
God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to lead us out of our sin and to lead us out of this world and to deliver us. So it's a picture, it's a type of of the world. And God doesn't want us going back to the world for help or looking to worldly methods or worldly schemes to help us or to deliver us or to save us or to protect us. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Sometimes uh, when we face a huge trial in life or we face a crisis uh, or an emergency of some kind and things are very urgent, we kind of panic and we, we turn to the world or we turn to worldly ways or worldly methods uh, in the panic to try to get ourselves out of the jam that we're in. And that's what the children of Israel did. Uh, that's what they do here in, in chapter 30. Instead of looking to the Lord, Judah hit the panic button. You know, they've got the Assyrians coming, invading their land. Things are urgent. Things are desperate. The Assyrians are right over the hills. We can see them on the horizon marching this way. They hit the panic button, and they say, we got to do something. And we got to do something quick. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to wait upon the Lord. We need a, we need a solution right now because they're coming. And they come up with their own plan. They come up with their own device here to get them out of the situation that is pending and coming down upon them. And their solution, their plan was, I know what we'll do. We'll go down to Egypt and we'll get help from Egypt. And go back to the world. The very thing that God delivered them from, now they're turning to it. The very thing that God conquered and defeated on their behalf, they're now going back to that very same thing to save them. And we, we can do the same thing. We can make the same mistake that they made. And that's why the, the Lord says here in verse 1, He says they add sin to their sin. First they sinned by rejecting the Lord, and now they're sinning again by trusting in Egypt. And they're adding sin to their sin. And look what the Lord says in verse 3. He says, Therefore the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame. And trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. The Lord said the strength of Egypt, he he describes it here twice uh, in these verses. He describes it as a shadow. The strength of Egypt is just a shadow. There's no substance to it. There's no strength there. It's, It's an illusion. There's no reality to it. And he says trusting in Egypt will bring only shame and humiliation to Judah. And the Lord is saying here to Judah, 
essentially saying, your, your plan's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. Have you ever had someone tell that to you? You've got this big plan that you've come up with and you hatched, and someone says to you, it's not going to work. And you're like, what do you mean it's not going to work? It's gonna, of course it's going to work. No, that, that's, that's not going to work. It's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. And then they turn out to be right, and you think, man, I should have listened to them all along. They knew what they were talking about. And that's why the Lord is saying this to Judah. This is why the Lord is saying, hey, this isn't going to work. Egypt isn't going isn't to save you. It's not going to work out. So that when it does fail, hopefully they will turn to the Lord and seek help from Him because He was right all along. In verse 4, he says, For his princes were at Zoan, and his ambassadors came to Haines, not the t-shirt, um, and here verse 4 is talking about uh, the meeting that takes place between the ambassadors of, of Egypt and the ambassadors of Judah when they, they made this agreement and they negotiated a way that Egypt could help them out, their meeting that they hold. Verse 5 says they were, they were all ashamed of a people who could not benefit them or be help or benefit, but a shame and also a reproach. The Lord says, Egypt will be no help to you. They're going to be no benefit to you. Instead, it's going to be shame and disgrace for you. Verse 6 says, The burden against the beasts of the south. Uh, the word south, there's Negev. It's talking about the desert that is in the southern part of Judah. They, they had to travel through to get down to Egypt. The burden against the beasts of the south, the Negev, through a land of trouble and anguish, from which came the lioness and lion, the viper and the fiery flying serpent, whatever that is. I don't want to find one, but they will, they will carry their riches on the backs of young donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to a people who shall not profit them. Judah loaded up all their donkeys and camels with, with their riches and they made this journey through the Negev Desert, through the harsh conditions of the Negev Desert, down to Egypt to pay Egypt for protection. And that's what he's describing here in verse 6, this journey that they had to make, giving their treasures to Egypt. And the Lord says at the end of verse 6, he says to Judah, you're wasting your money. You're wasting your money. It's not going to profit you anything. You're wasting your money paying Egypt to help you. The Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose, it says in verse 7. It's useless to hire them. It's useless to go to them. The end of verse 7, he says, Therefore I have called her Rahab him Shabeth. Uh, Rahab was a title for Egypt. Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, Psalm 87, verse 4, Egypt is referred to as Rahab. And Rahab, him, Shabeth, means Egypt sits idle. Egypt will sit idly by as the Assyrian army comes into Judah. You're going to give them all this money and they're not going to do anything. They're not going to show up. And you're wasting your money thinking that they're going to help you. Again, for us, the application, it's a waste to go to the world. It's a waste for us to, to use worldly methods to solve our problems or to rescue us. Now, 
I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to doctors, you shouldn't go to hospitals, or I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the, the ways of the world, the thinking of the world, the schemes of the world. Well, I'll just hire the Egyptians, or I'll just get a lawyer, or I'll just throw money at it, or I, or I can make a couple phone calls and I can get us out. You know, that's worldly. That's carnal. That's not walking in the Spirit. That's depending upon the flesh. And again, uh, the Lord is not telling Judah all of this so that when it happens, the Lord can say, see, I told you so. He's not telling them this so he can just rub it in when it happens. He's telling them this so that when it does happen, they will realize that the Lord was right all along and they should have listened to him all along and they will hopefully turn back to him for help going forward. Look at verse 8. The Lord says to Isaiah the prophet, Now go, write it before them on a tablet, and note it on a scroll, that it may be for time to come forever and ever. God told Isaiah to write all this down as a record against Judah in the future when these things finally happen to them. So there's a written record of what God said would happen before it happens. And guess what? Isaiah wrote it down. You got it right there in your lap, in your Bible today. Aren't you glad he wrote it down? He says that this is a rebellious people. They're lying children. Children who will not hear the law of the Lord. He says of Israel and Judah, they are rebellious children. And when it says they will not hear the law of the Lord, it means they refuse to listen. They refuse to listen to the Lord. Just like a rebellious child, just like a rebellious teenager that does not listen to their parents. No matter uh, what their parents say, just, just, they, just, they don't want to hear it. doesn't matter how right it is. They just refuse to listen to their parents. They're rebellious. Now look at verse 10. I've, verse 10 is so interesting to me. The people of Judah say to the seers, those are people that God gives visions to, they say to the seers, do not see. And to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. <laughs> Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits to us. And what's interesting to me about this is that the people of Judah, they want to hear from the prophets. They aren't telling the prophets, just shut up. We don't want to hear anything from you. Just be quiet. They want to hear from the prophets. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of His life and ministry, from His virgin birth to His sacrificial death to His resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. 
please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.